You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hello, hello. It's your friendly neighborhood sexologist, Jessica O'Reilly, back to chat with you about one of my favorite topics today. Something that I love doing, but I wish I did more, and that is kissing. Now, not like the two-peck cheek kisses that I give to people when I see them on the street. I'm talking about passionate, deep kissing with a partner. Now, from a historical perspective, kissing is apparently not a natural act, meaning that it hasn't existed since the beginning of human time. Now I know to me and likely to you, it seems that kissing is just natural and innate, but historians and evolutionary researchers hypothesize that kissing actually emerged from maternal feeding routines. So when you think about ruminating animals or animals that chew the food, and then the babies reach into their mouths or beaks to eat the food out. So yeah, not sexy when I describe it that way. Um, It's interesting, in my research I found that many cultures have existed and prospered without ever locking lips and kissing, which really is a reminder that kissing is an art, not a science, not a reproductive imperative. So we all need to work on it. I think I need to work on my kissing skills. So... From a scientific perspective, even though it's not innate, it's likely that kissing probably would have found its way into the sex and mating game eventually, or some form of what we consider kissing, because when you lock lips, it results in a flurry of hormone release that promote relaxation and bonding, And from an evolutionary perspective, kissing can help us to gauge compatibility and other attributes of potential mates. And this is through our olfactory system. So it plays some sort of a role in mating. One study revealed that women prefer men, so heterosexual women, prefer men whose scents contain immune genes, they call it the histocompatibility complex, that are different than their own. So they kind of sniff out whether, you know, (laughs) they're related, which helps in evolutionary reproduction. So scientists believe that this instinctive desire for genetic difference serves the evolutionary function of ensuring stronger offspring, which makes sense. And so the degree of chemistry you experience when you first kiss may be an indicator of compatibility measured by your nose, not by your mouth or your other body parts. Now, this doesn't mean that if you have a bad kiss when you first kiss that it can't work out. I was actually talking about this on Marilyn Dennis the other day, and I was chatting with a couple of of experts, uh, a chef, Lynn Crawford, Peter Papapitru, I hope I said that right, he's a a, a stylist, um, and Sebastian who is, who's a contractor. And so the, the audience was asking us if, if my partner isn't a good kisser, 
are we doomed? And a couple of them said, yeah, you're doomed. Basically, if there's no good kissing from the beginning, you're screwed. I totally disagree. You can definitely have bad kisses and then make up for it in other ways. So don't you worry. You can always, kissing is just a behavior. It's like skating. You can learn. Actually, it's easier than skating. <laughs> so however you see it, kissing plays a really prominent role in seduction and romantic attachment, in sexual arousal. And what's really unfortunate is that in long-term relationships, we often stop kissing or we kind of push passionate kissing aside in favor of other types of foreplay. And of course, it's not that there's a hierarchy of sex acts, okay? I'm not saying that kissing is the most important thing, but research does say that kissing is good for your health, it promotes happier relationships, and in one study, couples who were instructed to kiss more often reported fewer fights, greater relationship satisfaction, lower stress levels, and lower cholesterol in comparison to couples who receive no instruction at all with regard to kissing. And uh, kissing is believed to lower cortisol levels, which helps to reduce stress. Uh, it's also linked with improvements in the parasympathetic nervous system response, which is obviously very essential to sexual response. So even though kissing is good for your health, good for your love life, it can be a challenge. So I am going to give you some just some suggestions and techniques so you can learn a few new tricks or maybe just be reminded of something you used to do so you can be a better kisser. And you can, of course, share this with your partner as well because we all have something to learn. The first technique I'd like to share, and I think we've all done this at some point in time, is the soft-lipped kiss. Now, when I was a kid, I remember seeing a TV show or a movie, and I remember someone suggesting that the world is divided into two types of kissers, soft-lipped kissers and firm-lipped. And the reality is that I don't think you're one or the other because your sexual style varies according to your mood, just like your appetite changes from day to day. And uh, if, if your partner needs help relaxing and getting in the mood, the soft-lipped kiss is probably the way to go. So all you've got to do is lick your lips. I'm licking mine now. I can't help it sometimes when I'm <laughs> talking about this stuff. Lick your lips, slide them gently against your partners. And I'm talking feather light contact. Take your time. Don't suck. Don't like try and eat it like, I don't know, like you're sucking it in like a vacuum, okay? Just really gently glide your lips against your partners. And then slide your lips over their lower lips while you very gently, I don't even want to say suck because I feel like when I say suck, you people are like, no, 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 not slurp. Just like the most gentle inhale to pull their lips, their bottom lip between both of your lips. All right. So this is like the most gentle lower lipped kiss possible. Once you've done that, you can try lip lining. So perhaps you have their lower lip between your lips and you just gently, slowly trace your tongue around the curve of their lower lip and then you're going to pay a little extra attention with your breath, with your tongue, with your lips, 
to the thin skin in the corners where their upper and lower lips meet because this thin skin is very, very sensitive. And if their lips are still closed, you can very sensually slide your tongue from one side to the other while you just breathe in their energy. Now I'm offering techniques and I'm always concerned about techniques. Techniques, of course, are the easiest thing to learn. I've said it before, I'll say it again. A monkey can do these techniques. Well, I don't know how flexible a monkey's tongue is, but anyhow, the techniques are the easy part. You have to also be present, right? And uh, I'm talking with a fellow sexologist right now about a project on how to be more present in your relationship. So there's more on that to come. But just enjoy the experience. If you are looking for another sensitive spot, you want to consider the frenulum. Now you've probably heard of the frenulum of the penis. So the frenulum of the penis is a little connect. Don't worry, we're not kissing the penis. Don't, don't you worry, I promise you. This is just lips. I just need to talk about the penis for a second. You know, my regular day, gotta talk about a penis. So the frenulum is this little connective piece of tissue on the underside of the penis, right where the head meets the shaft, and it holds the foreskin on the penis. So if the foreskin has been removed through circumcision or some sort of a skiing accident or something like that, just kidding, don't worry, you're not going to lose your friend, you're not going to lose your foreskin skiing, um, then there'll still be a little notch there and it tends to be very sensitive. So if you ever suck on a penis, should the mood strike you, you know to really flick and play with that frenulum. And if you've taken any of my webinars, I talk a lot about the frenulum. But this sensitive connective tissue also exists in the mouth. And oh, I mean, throughout the body, there are frenulums. And there's a frenulum that also exists just inside the lips that holds the lips on. I mean, I'm kind of oversimplifying its role, but that's pretty much what it does. So slide your, sun, your tongue inside and twirl it gently again around the shallow space between their lips and their teeth. So you're not licking their teeth, all right? We're not trying to clean them. They floss, don't worry. And oral hygiene matters, people. All right, brush, floss, brush some more. People will want to kiss you more if your breath is fresh. You can, of course, press your lips together, tilt your head to the side, sl sl tilt your head to the side slightly and suck really gently as you twirl your tongue around inside. What you don't want to do is a cavity search here, okay? It's great to be passionate, but you're not trying to clean out every crevice of their mouth. You're just gently, slowly, sensually wrapping your tongue, twirling it around. And you might find that as you kiss, everything starts to feel more exciting because you're exchanging energy, you're exchanging saliva, and with that comes a spike in dopamine and earlier I talked about the fact that it's a chemical reaction kissing because it involves the swapping of saliva which contains testosterone um, and testosterone of course is associated with libido some research shows that men are more inclined than women to seek uh, deep tongue kissing and I think this can sometimes explain some of the gender gaps and gender differences in perceptions of kissing Men tend to utilize kissing as a means to sex, and women tend to view kissing as a barometer 
to gauge their partner's commitment and monitor relationship status. So it's interesting how, how the genders um, use kissing in different ways. Now, of course, there is more than a gender binary. You might identify as genderqueer, as gender fluid, and we don't have enough research in that area. But kissing doesn't just boost testosterone. It's not just, you know, used to gauge where you are in the relationship or get to sex, but you get a spike in dopamine. And this is the neurotransmitter associated with reward, pleasure, and no surprise, anticipation. And it's in the anticipation that you get that natural high. If you listen to last week's podcast, I talked about the fact that dopamine levels are double when you're about to get the reward, not when you actually get the reward. So you can prolong this excitement, this euphoria, by just pressing your lips passionately into your partners and holding your tongue relatively still while you breathe and just take in their energy. So you don't have to have the tongue going the whole time. You can give it a little rest while you just breathe. Another option is the top shelf kiss. And for the top shelf kiss, you simply swipe your tongue along the roof of your lover's mouth. And this is an area that can be very sensitive and is often neglected. And you can also play games as you kiss. I know clients who pick a word and anytime they hear that word, they have to find their partner if they're together at a party or something and give a little French kiss. So the word could be baby, the word could be hungry, the word could be drink. I don't know, at some of my parties I think there'd be way too much kissing. Um, others just do the stoplight kiss where anytime they're at a stoplight, if it turns red, they give each other a kiss. Uh, there's the facial kiss where you hold one another by the cheeks as you kiss deeply and passionately and the face is actually the most sensual part of the body and it receives very little intention in the way of touch. So we need to put our hands on our partners, all right? You're going to use your body. Kissing apparently involves 12 cranial nerves and up to 30 muscles, all right? So you're actually going to have to burn some calories while you kiss. And the hands on the face, the hands on the neck, the hands around their core can make kissing all the more intense. As you kiss, make sure you take turns taking the lead. Being a giver and receiver in bed, you need practice at both of these things. Some people brag about only being a giver. Oh, I'm such a giver. I'm so generous in bed. No, you need to be a receiver too. You don't think your partner wants to get off on being a giver, on being great, on getting you off or helping to get you off? Now, being a receiver doesn't mean that you just sit there. But allowing your partner to lead gives you a chance to learn what they like. It also gives them a chance to show their skills and take care of you. And many of us relish in being great lovers. That's actually a whole topic on itself. Maybe I'll do a separate episode on this. But sometimes people who brag about being givers in bed are actually really selfish. So the same thing applies to kissing. If you're inclined to take the lead... Sometimes take a step back and let your partner have a turn at it. Give, let them take a turn at it. So you're going to take turns taking the lead, and then maybe you want to play with deep and shallow 
sucks and twirls. So for this approach, you're just sucking gently while you press your lips in and twirl your tongue and you're twirling really, really shallow, then you're moving a little bit deeper. Now, when I say deeper, I don't mean back toward the tonsils, okay? I mean like, I got, I think in centimeters because I'm Canadian, an eighth or a sixth of an inch in there and then just half an inch or so, all right? You're not trying to tickle their uvula. You know what the uvula is, that funny thing that hangs down? All right, so you're sucking gently, twirling and pressing shallow, then deep, then shallow, then deep. And then maybe you try the soft murmur where you just mm, moan a little, groan a little, make some noise. You are holding your sounds back. We are all holding our sounds back in bed. And when you inhibit sound, you also inhibit circulation and breathing, which... Aha, uh -huh, inhibits the sexual response, so make some damn noise. While you're there, you can also try a very, very gentle nibble. Again, you're not trying to clamp down and bite off a piece of their lips and tongue. I mean the most gentle nibble, the way you would if you had like a little baby and you just want to give a little nibble to their cute little chubby feet. All right? You can also try, let's move away from the, the topic of babies, back to kissing. Although they could lead to babies, couldn't it? Well, not kissing on its own. Only in that show Glee. <laughs> so you can try the full body press where you press your entire body up against them while you kiss. And as you kiss, if you're going to keep kissing and prolonging the kiss and feeling the energy and breathing it in, not just using kiss to get to sex, not just using kissing, sorry, to get to sex, you can try the wandering kiss where you gently pull your lips away and you work them down perhaps their neck or their collarbone over their shoulders, wander over their body until you work your way back to their lips. So you have a whole bunch of techniques here. You've got the soft lip kiss, then we did um, lip lining, the sweet spot which is the frenulum, the basic tongue twirl, the resting tongues where you don't move your tongues, the top shelf kiss on the roof of the mouth, the stoplight or game kiss where you make a game out of it, the facial, we want your hands on our faces, yes. And this isn't specific to gender, I'm just talking for the whole world. Um, taking turns, taking the lead, deep and shallow sex and twirls, the soft murmur, gentle nibbles, the full body press, and the last one was the wander. So you've got a whole bunch of kissing techniques. Now the most important thing you can do to improve your kissing game is to ask your partner what they like, obviously. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that every single time. That's how you get better at sex, at sports, at anything. You ask, right? And everybody's a little bit different. You get them to show you. Now if you really like kissing and your partner doesn't like kissing, you've gotta train them to like kissing. And one way to eroticize really any sexual activity involves integrating it into the parts of your sexual routine that are already really, really hot to create what we call an erotic association. So you make a habit of kissing your partner right before orgasm or doing, during orgasm or while you're, you know, you're reaching down and giving them a smoking hot rub or hand job with your hand. So your mind and body eventually learn to associate kissing with peak arousal and then you become more inclined to make kissing either a prelude or an accompaniment or the main act in your sexual repertoire. So we call this erotic association. Kiss, 
when things are really hot and then you're going to want to kiss more. Another way to get more kisses from your partner involves complimenting them. Tell them how much you love it, how hot it makes you. Listen, I, people always tell me that they're great communicators, but the bottom line is we're emotional creatures. And when we're emotional, we are terrible communicators, all of us. It doesn't matter how much theory you know, so you need to practice telling your partner what you want. Not waiting till you're frustrated and saying, you never kiss me, you don't kiss me enough, I want you to kiss me more. No, saying, oh, when you kiss me, it makes me weak in the knees. Give me more. So the compliment is obviously going to get you farther than the complaint. So you're going to use your hands in all of this. You're going to breathe deeply. You're going to take your time. And so this is kind of a intro primer to kissing, but it's more than I ever learned before I had to start kissing. If you have any kissing tips, I definitely want to hear from you. So tweet at me, Instagram at me, Facebook at me at Sex with Dr. Jess. This has been a nice quickie podcast. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. I really do want to hear from you because I could learn to be a better kisser. I'm not interested in videos. Don't send me those. Nope, no unsolicited erotic videos, please. I am interested in your words, your messages for the people who are supportive and keep it relatively clean. I like it dirty sometimes, but only with consent. Without further ado, I've got to wrap this thing up. I am at Sex with Dr. Jess on all social media. Today's episode is brought to you by At Desire Resorts Magical Kingdom in Mexico where you don't have to wear clothes and there are beautiful four-poster beds and sexy things going on all around you. Check out At Desire Resorts on all social media and we'll put a link up here for you as well. Thanks so much, folks, and have a lovely week. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.